Welcome to Gospel of the Kingdom radio show with biblical teachings from the archives of the late Elder Gilbert Monroe's. We also have fresh, relevant teachings from his daughter, Dr. Janice Monroe's Modeste, along with his son, Pastor Guilford Monroe's. Together, they are bringing you the Gospel of the Kingdom right here on WSTA 1340 AM. Hello, friends. I just thought I would do um, an extra podcast today because right now everyone is, um, well, not everyone, some of us are in quarantine. Um, In the meantime, while some of us are sitting at home, I just wanted to drop in and give you a word of inspiration. And we also want to remember to pray for those who are not uh, fortunate, who may be in harm's way, our servicemen. our healthcare workers, um, first responders, uh, people who absolutely have to be out there, those working in gas stations or grocery stores. We want to keep them in prayer and pray that God covers them and shield them, even as we pray for this nation. Uh, It's interesting that uh, before we were all put on lockdown or in quarantine, It was leading up to my spring break and I was uh, contemplating. I was thinking, should I do a fast? You know, what should I fast for? Kind of just going through that. And I was thinking, should I take three days off of my uh, spring break to kind of seek God about, you know, next steps, etc. Because right before, um, like a week before, I spoke at an event and the word God gave me was women at ease or women who are complacent to rise up. And I thought, man, you know, God is calling me higher and I need to be able to, you know, set some time aside to seek him. So I've just been contemplating that. And so I went ahead, I jumped in with that. And then when I got to day three, I found out uh, something very interesting. So day three, I put down that because I like to do targeted um, fasting, uh, which if you've never fasted, you can always look at, go to refocus21.com and uh, take a look at my um, fasting journal. Uh, it kind of just walks you through, but this was this was different. So the fasting journal is usually uh, targeting um, your goals for the year. So it's usually, it's called a reset strategy for your goals and your dreams. So you reset everything. However, because that's based on Daniel uh, chapter 10 for the 21 days. So a three-day fast is usually called an Esther fast where you just, um, of course, you just drink water and that's it uh, for three days. So on day three, you can learn more about that when you read the book of Esther. It's a powerful, powerful fast. You should uh, try it. Now is a great time while you're in quarantine to, to try it. But when I got to day three, I wrote down that I was going to pray for power. And I put down in my journal, I put, uh, which I already have, but I wanted to be able to tap in more and learn more about the power that lies in me. And what I come up, came up with after that, that day was in um, Ephesians chapter three. And this is a scripture I've read and you may have heard a whole lot of times that talks about now unto him who is able, saying that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we can ask or imagine. Some versions uh, say ask or think. 
according to the power that works in us to him be all the glory and so for the first time I noticed something about that scripture I noticed the focus the emphasis on asking and imagining and so when we think about power usually I would think about praying and fasting and I know it's powerful and Jesus said it was powerful and it was needed to do the supernatural was praying and fasting but I learned so another another layer of that was asking and receiving um, based on um, the imagination piece because we know the scripture says you have not because you ask not so a lot of times we don't have because we don't ask and I did a podcast a few months ago and it was called the power of asking so you can look that up for more on that uh, but in Ephesians uh, 3.20, what really stuck out to me that I decided to just jump on here and just talk about is what does it mean? What have been missing from asking or imagining? So I just self-reflect as I self-reflect and I'm thinking, okay, the things I may be lacking or what I may not have tapped into, the power I may not have tapped into has been in my asking and imagining. So imagination is big. So imagination is what you're thinking about. And the word meditation means it's deeper than just thinking. You're, you're mulling over it. You're rethinking it. You're regurgitating it. You're focusing in on it. And if you read any of Dr. Karen Leaf's work, you know that once you spend seven minutes on a thought, it solidifies it. So you want to spend at least seven minutes on a scripture, rereading it, you know, dissecting the words and seeing what it means, how it applies uh, to your life. And so as I meditated on Ephesians chapter thir- uh, 20, I really got to stop and think about what have I been asking for? And what have I been thinking about? And so as we go through, um, I just, as I was just writing down, I just thought about how the scripture says that um, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And when I spoke about the power of asking, I realized that if you're not pumping yourself with faith, you you won't be able to increase your asking. So you're going to ask for just the the mere things that you can see but if you can let your imagination go like God was saying he will do exceedingly abundantly above what you could ask so the level of what you have right now is based on the level of your asking and the level of your imagination and so as I ponder on that I thought man I really need to spend more time seeking God, his ways, what it is that he wants for me to do so that I can increase my ask. And as I ponder on that, I think about um, King David, when he was going to build God's temple, he was able to listen into God and God told him exactly how he was going to build a temple. God described to him what it was going to to entail told him how to do the door how to how to make um the image of the um the lions on each front post of the door he just went on about how ornate he wanted the temple because david was able 
to tune in and listen to him to, to find out what it was that God wanted. And as we think about that for our lives, are we tuned in to what God wants to do through us? Because David was able to say, he said, this house that I'm about to build for God is going to be a great house. It's going to be an amazing house. And Solomon said the same thing. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Depending on the translation, they use great and awesome because there's no way you're in awe of how grand and we know how grand even David's house was. Because when, even when I went to Israel, they were part of his his um, his home. <laughs> it looked like a fortress to me, uh, still standing. And imagine God's temple that was so beautiful and ornate. But they said that even before they built it, they said it's going to be great because our God is great. See how they made the connection? They knew that anything they did for God was going to be great. It was going to be awesome because their God is great and awesome. And so what about us? Sometimes we do things in mediocrity because we are thinking on our capabilities. We're not thinking about what God wants to do through us. And so, but that's why David is a man after God's own heart. He said, man, this thing is going to be magnificent because my God is. So just think about what it is that God has called you to do. If he's called you to minister to some people, if he's called you to open a hospital, open a daycare, he's called you to um, just be great at your job, be a great wife, a great mom, just whatever he has called you to be. You need to be telling yourself it's going to be great because your God is great. So everything you do is going to have um, power added to it because of, of the God in you working through you so that he, in, in the end, can get the glory. But because what we are failing to do is to ask and imagine how great God wants um, to, to make your work whatever your work is shine through you and I just as I was thinking I just got a couple of scriptures as I was going through my my journal and see that the things that came up I looked at second um, Corinthians um, 10 verses 3 through 8 I usually don't read a lot for for you guys because I I know the time is usually short but as I said um, this is this is kind of different from my regular podcast I just wanted to sit and just chat with you guys for a while and so as I read it it just it just um, meant so much to me so I will read it to you I have it here in my phone let me pull it up and so you you guys can go ahead and pull yours up as well um, I, I said uh, 2nd Corinthians um, 10 I'm gonna start at verses 3 it's it's a good read so tune in It says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy destroy, false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them. To obey Christ and after you have become fully obedient we will punish 
anyone who remains disobedient. Look at those obvious facts. Those who say they belong to Christ must recognize that we belong to Christ as much as they do. I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by the Lord, but our authority builds you up. It doesn't tear you down. So I will not be ashamed of using my authority. And so as I read this, it seems like a mouthful, but it, it was a, a powerful scripture to me because we see that it was saying the weapons, which means the way how we win in this world today, the way how we win over situations that comes to try to take us off of God's plan for our life is not the same way society would do it. And so one of the ways that the weapons that society doesn't use is prayer and fasting. And this next one that we're talking about today is asking and imagining. And so what Paul says um, that really got us was, it says we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So when rebellious thoughts come to your mind, you capture it and you replace it with, with what God is saying. And so sometimes we start thinking that, you know, we're not enough or we don't have this or we're lacking this and forgetting that, okay, I'm serving Christ and everything he has, I have, right? Everything you belong to a kingdom. So everything that kingdom has belongs to you. And so there's nothing that we are lacking. We just have to remember that we don't fight a war um, like humans fight a war. We, we do it differently. So the weapons that we use was the weapons that Yeshua used, Jesus, when he walked this earth. He used prayer and fasting and he taught us how to ask and how to imagine. And Paul used this same thing as well. And it says, um, if you... If you ask and you imagine, God's going to do above that and according to the power that works in you. So the power that God has in you, if you want to be able to activate that power that God has in you, you got to start asking and you got, got to start imagining. That's the point and that's the part that I feel as if I've been um, missing all this time because it's so easy for us to say, you know what? God can do exceedingly abundantly above all. But then we forget is above all we can ask. So we have our part to play. So if we don't ask for nothing, what is he doing exceedingly abundantly above what? We're not asking for anything. Um, we're not believing for anything. You know, so if God gave you a dream and a vision and a mission, you, we have to be asking him, you know, how, how do you want me to, to go out and fulfill this? Because we all have a, a, um, an assignment. We all have a mission that we have to do. And so we have to be willing to ask, even as I ask, okay, Lord, how do I activate, um, you know, this power that's in me? And it was, it, it's clear that some asking needs to be happening and some imagining uh, needs to be happening. And I like the scripture that talks about um, the prayer of Jabez as he, in First Chronicles where he talks about, bless me indeed. He asked the Lord, he was specific. He said, Lord, bless me indeed and increase my borders or increase my influence. So that was a pretty bold prayer. 
And when we look at King Solomon, the wisest king, the wealthiest king who ever lived, God says, hey, ask me for something. And then Solomon asks God for wisdom so he can rule well. Did God give him um, wisdom so he can rule well? Absolutely. Now we can read the book of Proverbs and get so much wisdom and so much insight about everything. What would have happened if, um, you know, God never asked Solomon and say, hey, ask me for something. So the same thing God is saying for you, to you today, ask me for something. If you need something, sometimes we're so quick to go ask somebody. If we need a job, sometimes we go ask people first before we even ask God. How about stopping and asking him first? And then he will open up the way and then you can have confidence that he was going to lead you to the right place, lead you through the right door. If you're looking for um, companionship, looking for a mate or just a friend or someone who can, who can be there, before you go ask anyone, stop and ask God. He's, he's there waiting for you to ask. He say, hey, if you can ask it or think it, I can do it and I'll do above it. But the key is to ask. So we don't want to just randomly ask. Uh, we want to um just seek God about even learning how to, to ask for, for more, how to ask better. Because I remember Jesus said, some people don't have because they ask wrong. They ask amiss, which means they're like off the mark. You want to be on point, um, which was just basically is saying, if, if God has a certain plan for your life, you want to be focused on that plan and not all over the place, you know? If, if you started, for example, if you started a degree in education, you want to be able to finish that degree, right? So you're not going to take classes and all kinds of other things for the whole four years because then you'll never get, you know, that's not on your, um, not your transcript, but it's not on the list of, of things that you need to take, prerequisites, etc. you know, and you're, you're just all over the place. So you want to be tailoring your courses to the finish line. And it's the same way with God for asking. He wants you to focus and laser in your, your asking just to make sure that you get to, to the place where it is you, you want to get. And many of us know that that burning desire that we have, the vision that God gave us, the mission, the heart he gave us for certain things, the passion he gave us. And take some time and ponder upon where it is you feel God is calling you. See yourself there. See yourself successful. Joshua 1 8 says, Meditate day and night, and then you find great success on, on God's word. If God as God is telling you that um his plans for you is shalom, meaning wholeness, peace, um, prosperity, you want to be able to imagine how that looks. Take some time and see if right now you're in chaos. Imagine what it looks like to be at peace. If you're in a um, a toxic relationship, ima imagine what it would look like to be in a functional one if you're in a dysfunctional one. You know, if you're in lack right now, imagine what it would be to be in abundance. And then he says, if you can ask it and think it, the power that's in you is going to, to um, activate it. And that's not just my saying, that's his saying. And he gave us countless um, examples 
about what he's saying. But the problem comes in when we doubt what God says about us. So God is saying to you, you know, the plans I have for you, Jeremiah 29, 11, is, is wholeness. He's saying is abundance. And he's just going down the list. It's greatness. It's wellness. It's wholeness. He, God is going down the list. He's saying this is the plan that I have for your life. It's all these things. Now, if you, if the enemy came and is trying to hide it from you, he's trying to cover it because he's bringing all these distractions so you can't even see your way through to navigate through the things that God has for you. At least we can know to ask for it. Because if we ask for it, at least that means we're looking for it. We're calling it, we're telling it to come. You know, you're saying, peace, come. You know, functional relationship, you come to me. You know, if, if you have, if you have lack, you'd be calling abundance. Hey, abundance, come to me. And so God is saying, imagine it, ask for it. And so that's a, a, a something that it seems like we are afraid to, uh, what's so unfortunate is we feel a lot of times more comfortable asking an employer for help or asking our parents for help, or asking a friend for help, than we do asking God for help. How do you think that makes God feel? Sometimes you want to hook up for a job. We feel okay to go to some uh, random person because they might be a manager or they might be an owner of a business. We feel okay going to them first. I don't say that, I'm not saying don't go to people. I'm saying not first. <laughs> I'm saying we need to go to God first because he is the only one who can do abundantly, exceedingly above everything we can ask, think or imagine. And he says, according to the power that lies inside of us, and we know he's the one who put the power inside of us. But just I was just just thinking about how when when people need something physical, they it, it to me I just think we we just think it's okay to uh, or not even ask anyone at all sometimes it's we don't want to ask people and we don't want to ask God you know why that's a lack of humility it's showing that you think you are your own God you can provide your own needs you can you can provide you can pay for for your own um, your own bills you can take care of your own relationships you know, that's a sign of being proud and God do not like the, like proud. He likes us to be humble. And so he wants us to come to him and ask him. And he says, if you ask him in faith, believe in, he would do it. And better yet, if you, if two agree on anything, God says he's going to do it. And what's amazing is he said, I love this one, um, John 10, uh, 19. It says, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. So basically, he's just letting us know that, you know, if you bind up lack and you says, hey, lack, you know, you need to get out of my life and you bind it up on earth. Hey, it's bound in heaven is from the top to the bottom. When you speak a word, when you say it, that's it is so. And he said, whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. When you loose abundance over your life, um, it, it's, it's you loose it down here and it's released 
up in heaven. And so God just wants to show us the authority that we have. And when we read that scripture from Paul earlier, he was saying that um, he's not ashamed and he's not boasting in the authority that he has. And he wanted us to know that and the people who he was writing to, well, the people in Corinth, obviously, he was letting them know that, you know, I would not be ashamed of using my authority. And there's the same thing for me. I will not be ashamed <laughs> of using my authority or teaching you to use your authority. Because a lot of times we forget the authority in our voices. And that's why we ask, and what, are you, what do we think praying is? Praying is a conversation to God. Yes, you're, you're blessing him. You're thanking him. You always start with thanking him, with praising him, extolling him. And then he always lets you know, if you need of anything, come to me and ask me. If you need a house, who do you go to before you go to the bank or before you ask anyone? You're, you go to God for everything. He says, pray about everything. Seek God about everything. Did he not say that? Yes, he did. And so as we're uh, sitting around in this, in this time right now, I want us to, um, you know, take the focus off of us and put it on God. If you need to feel safe, you can't make yourself safe. You can't keep yourself sheltered and covered. God has to do that for on our behalf. There's only so much we can do. We are limited, but he is limitless. And so we want to be able to ask him and imagine and allow him to be God. He's not going to force anything on you. He's not going to force the house on you. He'll let you go get your own. Because, But remember, it says, The blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. So you might get a house another in another means, but trust me, they're going to be sorrow added to that. Uh, but God is such a good God. He gives good gifts to his children. He knows the right timing. Just trust his timing. He knows, he knows a good deal when he sees one. And so he's going to, um, he's going to let you know that's a good deal or that's not a good deal. You could, you can trust him in that. So I just want you to, to build your confidence in God and in who he says he, he is. And I want you to get comfortable with asking God. Some of us get too comfortable asking people for things or looking to people or looking to the government. We don't want to look to the government. We don't, I mean, if they give you something great, but that's not who we look to. Okay. God is our source. Now the method and the means he chooses to blesses us, that's up to him. He might use who he uses, whoever he wants to use. He use whatever sources he wants to use, but be sure that you are asking him first and get comfortable with, with asking him, get comfortable with going to him about everything. If something don't seem right before you, before you tell somebody else, man, something don't see, you talk to God and say, Hey God, something don't seem right. What am I missing? What do I need to see? So we're not just asking God for things. We're asking God for wisdom. We're asking God throughout our day. If you're at work, you have a difficult problem at work. Before you, before you give up or before you go and ask another coworker, hey, how do you do this? How about pausing and asking God, God, 
You know, you have you have God's Holy Spirit. You you connect with him. You just ask him, how do I solve this problem? And let him speak to you. I've done it no, numerous times, especially if it has anything to do with uh, logic <laughs> or math or anything on scene because I'm a visual learner. You just ask God, he reveal it to you. It could be statistics, it could be anything that you don't know. I'm fine with not knowing because I know God knows everything. And everything I need to know, I will know when I ask him. And so I ask him first. Because number one, he don't say, man, you kind of slow. You know, he actually appreciates when we come and we ask him um, for, for anything that we need. So I want us to focus in on asking and then focus in on imagining imagining um and just one more thing that i thought about that we miss sometimes is what happens is when we doubt what god says about us we need to realize that we are in inadvertently doubting god so if god says that you are the head and not the tail in deuteronomy right everybody knows deuteronomy 28 he says, you're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, the lender, not the borrower. And he's just telling you that you're blessed in the city, you're blessed in the field. He's just talking about his children, the mark of his people. He wants people to know that everything you do, your hand is blessed. Because God is thinking, okay, if you're my child, you've been listening to me. And trust me, if you're listening to God, he will lead you in the way that you should go. Right? And so, what? why is it that we have insecurity. I believe many of us have insecurity. Whenever I feel insecure about something, is because I need to think, am I doubting what God says about me? God says, everything my hand touch is going to be blessed. Now, if I start doing something and I'm doubtful, will this work? Will I fail? Is this really, you know, is this really God? Like, what am I doing? Okay, stop and just ask him. And if if he says, <laughs> you don't even have to ask. How about this? You know what he says? He says, everything you touch is blessed. Boom, that's it. So when you're going to do something, now you can have confidence. Now, do you have confidence in you? Or do you have confidence in God's word? I choose to have confidence in God's word. I feel that once I release this podcast and I send it out, it's a success because someone's going to hear what God says about his word. And that would mean that I was obedient. So I did what I was supposed to do. I successfully uploaded this podcast, shared it with the world, and I've done my part. And now God is going to bless the seed that I sowed. So I just sowed a seed into your life. I just let I just told you and let you know do not doubt for one bit that you us you are a success. Do not doubt for one bit that everything your hands touch is blessed. Don't doubt it. And if you have children, remember what Psalms 112 says is that so it talks about the righteous. It says um, the children are successful everywhere. Everywhere. So if you have children, also you would you would speak that over them you would you would um constantly ask god for that right because now you know that it's yours you constantly ask and pray uh that success follows them and you will let them know 
that success is following them. And then you will imagine and then teach your children how to do the same thing. Teach them how to ask. Teach them how to, how to imagine because that was, that's what God says. Meditate. Meditate is not that Eastern whatever thing people try to make it sound like. Meditate is in the Bible. God, that's God's way that the enemy is trying to take and turn it into something wacky or, or whatever. Uh, embrace it. It's back in Deuteronomy. This, this was over 5,000 years ago. So whoever thought they made up uh, meditation and say, clear your mind, empty your mind. God wants to clear your mind of the world way and he wants to fill it in with scripture and so fill your mind with God's word with what he's saying so you could start to increase in your imagination and talk about dreaming big that is how you dream big Solomon uh, that temple that they built it was like the Queen of Sheba came to see it and she was like whoa People tried to describe, she was wealthy now. And she was like, people try to describe this temple to me. But when you come here, the wealth and everything that it's undescribable. People came from miles away to, to see this grand temple. And before when it was nothing, David said, this is going to be an awesome great magnificent temple because my God is awesome and great so take your dreams and start speaking over your dreams that is going to be great it's going to be awesome it's going to be magnificent okay and just go go big <laughs> we have a big God and so I always have this saying about my um my fasting journal is going to be on the tables or on the phones or iPads of millions because people need to need to know about the power of God that's lying inside of them. People need to know that I needed to know that. And it was just revealed to me even deeper about asking and imagining so I can reach more people. I need to imagine reaching more people with this good news and let them know, hey, don't be ashamed of your power and authority. Don't be ashamed that it's not showing up yet, but you're singing it. You, you can't go by what you see. You have to go by God's word. And I'm going by God's word saying, hey, I'm, I'm successful. My children are successful. We are blessed. And if I need anything, I'm not coming to you first. No, ma'am. No, sir. <laughs> if I need a house, I ain't going to nobody first. If I need a car, no, ma'am. I'm not coming to you first. If I have a problem, nope. I'm not coming to you first. I'm going to God. I am comfortable asking God. And I am comfortable imagining what great things my God can do for me. I'm not there yet. And I'm striving towards it. Um, as, as I know we all are. But we have our, our, our mind can't wrap around the depth and the height and the breadth of the love that God has for us. As it says in... Um, Ephesians 3 and uh, verses 18 and 19. It's so big. It's so grand. We don't know the amount of great things that God has for us. But you know what we can do? We can ask. Hey, God, should I be asking you for something? <laughs> That's I, I prayed that the other day. And I said, hey, we're, we're only talking, right? So the other day I, I prayed that uh, because I was 
you know, getting ready to pray. And I didn't really know what to pray for, but I sat down just to talk with God. And I said, okay, God, I don't even know what to ask for. How about you tell me, uh, tell me what to ask for. And I kid you not, this, this thought, this huge thought came to my mind. And after I thought it, I have to confess that I laughed. I laughed out loud because it was so out there that I said, wow, Lord, you actually want me to believe for that? So I said, okay, I'll go ahead. I write it down and I believe for it. And when it comes to pass, I will have the date that you reveal this to me. And so that I can share it with the world and say, hey, I remember on this date when I asked God, hey, what should I be praying for? And so for some of, for some of us, we need to ask God, you know, what should we be praying for? Sometimes he might be, when you ask God that question, he might say, you know what you need to be praying for to be nicer to other people. <laughs> he might surprise you. God is hilarious. He is, um, he has a sense of humor and just get to know him. If you get to know him, you get to love him and you get to trust him more, uh, to the point where you don't mind asking him, you know, cause he knows everything, you know, anyways. And so he's just up up there up in heaven just shaking his head saying what what are they what are they doing they're, they're struggling fighting going the wrong way and I have all this here for them I have all this peace here for them I have all this joy over here I have all this this uh happiness over here and they're letting you know as John 10 10 said the, the thief come to kill steal and destroy they're letting the enemy distract them have them fighting each other have them fighting against each other with jealousy and envy. While you're busy being jealous and envious of what somebody else have, your focus is over there on them. And God is like, hello, I have all this stuff for you. Can you please come get it? <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm, enjoy I'm enjoying this so much because I just it just amazes me how God, God speaks to me. And how he speaks to his children and how he's trying so hard to get provision to us. And he can't get it to us because we're not paying attention. Uh, the other day, um, I, we took our dog. We have um, Bonbon. She was a, was a stray dog. Not, not really a stray dog. What they call it? Like an abandoned dog. Her owner put her in a garbage bag and dumped her to the side of the road. My daughter's friend... Um, saw something moving in the bag, opened it, and it was two dogs and one of them was 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 Bonbon. So we ended up rescuing her and and bringing her home. But long story short about that, we went to get her um spade. And this after the surgery, they they said I found out because I didn't that was the the first dog I had to to ever spade and and that we we um we had in a while so nonetheless I went to get her spaded and then the the doctor said you know someone needs to be with her for 24 hours and it just so happened that I didn't have I didn't have to be at work um the next day because we had to pick her up at five so I was able to pick her up after work and then the next day I didn't have to go to work I forgot why but then after that I got sick and I had to stay home for two days because I had the flu. And thank God it wasn't the, hopefully it wasn't the coronavirus. This was before that, right? This was like two, three months ago. And, um, and I had to stay home for those two days. 
and then my son was able to stay home another day but you know what that just taught me the two days I stayed home with her because I was sick and I was able to be there she ended up having um, diarrhea she ended up uh, having um, vomiting she had a she had a rough two days and had we kept her at home and went to work she would have been at home you know stooling at, at the house and by the time I got home it would have been you know it would have been crazy and so one day I was outside with her and I just thought about how God just orchestrated everything so I could be at home for this dog and then I remembered the scripture that said in Matthew that God cares for the sparrow and that we shouldn't worry and that if he cares for a sparrow imagine how much he cares for us at that moment I teared up I said my Lord if God could orchestrate something so perfectly for a dog and he, he loves a dog he loves a sparrow this specifically said a sparrow I guess people um, discounted sparrows back then maybe they had a lot of sparrows I don't know but I thought wow and then for that whole next two weeks my schedule was so was so that I can come home let her out uh, at a good time and everybody's schedule just worked around what she needed and so she didn't have to to be alone for the whole day for you know as it would have been and I thought man if God could care so much for a dog and set everything up so perfectly for a dog how much more for you know that he will set us up but we're not even asking see the dog didn't have to ask me to um to take care of 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 of, of her she didn't have to, um, I would not have known there would have been, you know, any complications or, or any of that. I guess I, I found out later that I was supposed to give her, um, rice and, um, rice and just bland rice and chicken, uh, just like a special meal. And it would have stopped up everything. Even me trying to find out and, and learn how to do that. That was another story of itself. But nonetheless, when she wasn't feeling well. Um, how I was, we were able to take care of her and she didn't even ask for it because we, we, we were her owners, right? God said, you know, he gave us dominion over the, the, all the creatures and everything that he made. He put us over them so we could take care of them. And sometimes we forget that our children, we don't wait until they're hungry to go buy food. We, we get we have food because we know they're going to get hungry right so once they get hungry we have food in the house so we can you know we prepare food in the house to give them for when they're hungry so imagine if if we're doing this for our children imagine God God has things there for us but just ask because sometimes your, your child might be hungry and when they ask you for it then you you say oh or, or, you know, you're running with someone, they're thirsty, someone asks you for water, how are you going to know? It's okay to ask. And so um, I just want us to just focus in on that and on your own time, just read Ephesians 3.20 again on your own, kind of meditate on it and try to 
focusing on the asking and on the imagining because I, I, I think we, we, we have that part about God being able to do. We know that God could do. We know he can do above. We know he is great. We know all of that about God. What we don't know is how to use the power he gave us inside of us to make, to create our environment to create and to bring forth the things that he has for us. So I want us to start thinking about those things, thinking that he's given us power in Mark 9, 29 and Luke 10, 19. He told us he's given us power through prayer, through fasting, um, both in heaven and on earth because we're seated in heavenly places. We know that from Ephesians 2. And so all these things he wants to remind us. And I'm going to say like Paul, you know what? I'm not going to be ashamed of my authority. I'm going to use my authority. I know I learn about asking and imagining. Whew. I'll be asking and I'll be imagining. And so before, if I need a pen, I'm not coming to you first. <laughs> I'm going to God first. And so give, let God do, let God be God in my life and so the suggestion I have for you is let God be God in your life let him be God you've been God long enough in your own life all right and you are where you are because of what you've asked for and what you've imagined so let's switch it up let's start asking God um for what we should ask God for how about starting with that right because some of us don't know how to ask it I'm still learning how to ask and then start imagining, start uh, focusing on his scripture and seeing the great things that he has for us. And just read Deuteronomy 28. Just remember God's promises. Read Jeremiah 29, 11. Know the plans he has for you. And say like Jabez, bless me and increase my borders, increase my influence so that I can go out and do the mission that God has for me to do. And the same for you. Go out and do the mission that God has for you to do. Ask, think, imagine, and use the power that God has placed inside you. I'll see you again next time. Welcome to Words That Inspire with Dr. Janice Monroe's Modest, speaker, inspirational coach, and author of Refocus 21, a 21-day fasting journal. If you would like more resources on how to get insight and clarity into God's plan and purpose for your life, visit our website at www.refocus21.com or email us at gospelofthekingdom at gmail.com. Join her now and be inspired to reach your greatest potential. Dr. Janice will be back in a moment with final words to wrap up the program, so stay with us. God has a master plan for your life, and we have resources available to help you get and stay on the path to success in your relationships, health, and finances. In addition to the 21-day fasting journal, we have also made available a 12-month vision planner, which includes weekly goals, to-do list, and inspirational scriptures to keep you motivated to achieve your goals all year round. Just go to www.refocus21.com. That's the number 21, refocus21.com slash planner. Right now she's back with her final words of inspiration. Thank you for joining us tonight for Words That Inspire. You have been listening to your inspirational coach, Dr. Janice Monroe's Modest, 
author of Refocus 21, a 21-day fasting journal. Join her weekly for inspiration to propel you into your God-ordained destiny. Need additional resources? Go to www.refocus21.com or email us at gospelofthekingdom at outlook.com. Stay tuned for more Gospel of the Kingdom coming up. Good evening. We are on part three of Rise Up. We've been talking about how God is expecting his children in the midst of chaos when everything is going wrong. He wants us to rise up in our place of greatness so that we can see things um, shifting in our environment so that we can go from everything being chaotic to everything being at peace because we, his children, has risen up to the place to another level where he has called us. If you've not yet get, gotten a chance to um, listen to the broadcast for uh, week one and two, remember, you can always go on iTunes and uh, put in my name, Janice Modest, J-N-I-S-M-O-D-E-S-T-E, and you can find um, not just these series, but lots of inspirational words to, to kind of help you navigate through these troubling times. We are talking about the number six mindset shift that needs to happen in order for us to rise up to the place that God is calling us. Remember, um, he said that women who are complacent, who he was talking to at the time, he was saying they were at ease and he was saying, you know what? I need you guys to step this up so that we can see things going in a different direction for your nation which was, as I said, Isaiah 32. So go ahead and grab your Bibles and, and, and crack that open and hear what it is God wants to say to us today. And so number six mindset shift that we'll be discussing today is walk in power over defeat. That is the mindset that God wants us to have. He wants us to have the mindset that no matter what is going on around us, that we can walk in power over it. And so when we were talking in um, section two about some dream blockers or some things that may have allowed us to become complacent, to kind of slack off in what we know we were destined to do, uh, I want you to think about those things that you may have written down about things that may have been hindering you from being the best you that you can be. And as you write those things down, I want you to have the mindset that Christ is trying to show us today is to walk in power over defeat. So whatever the enemy has been using to try to keep you down tonight, we're going to have the mindset. We're going to get God's word to kind of help us to be in the frame of mind of victory. And so we are going to jump right in to Ephesians chapter 2. Because that gives us a, a great visual. And this verse is so, it's so powerful that every time I walk into my throne room, aka just my prayer closet, but I have a sign in there reminding me that I am entering into God's throne. We know that the scripture says that God asks us, he says, listen, when you come to me, I want you to approach the throne of grace boldly imagine that the God of the universe the mighty great awesome God he is telling us that hey when you come into me 
And that's what praying is. Praying is just coming to God's throne. He's called it the throne of grace because we need his grace in these times and we need his mercies in this time in order for us to make it. And he's saying that when you approach my throne, I know sometimes we, we're so, um, we're hurting so much and we're so much pain. We don't even want to think about coming boldly. But you know what? However you come to his throne, he's saying, listen, when you come, I need you to know your position. You better know that when you come, Ephesians chapter 2, it says, we are seated in the heavenlies with Christ. So you need to know that you belong to a greater kingdom. You, As we said in our section 2, in First John 4, 4, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so if you needed a visual, here goes a visual from Ephesians 2, reminding us that we are seated in heavenlies. Now, I know some of us don't belong to a kingdom. So just think about when there's a kingdom with someone with a king and a queen ruling when you go to a king you don't sit you have to be invited to sit right so the king is seated and then everyone comes to him and they're standing and so but God is saying that that we are seated in heavens with him so which means we are ruling and we are reigning with him so when God says to his children in Isaiah 32 uh, to rise up from being complacent is that's because we are reigning so when things are going chaotic it's not the time to sit down it's the time to use your power and use your authority right so that's why he gave you his power and his authority we know in Luke 10 19 his uh, Jesus said I have given you authority to uh, trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy Jesus didn't say he gave us the power to overcome some of the things the enemy is going to throw our way. He says all. So as we talk about number six and to get the other numbers, you're going to have to backtrack to, to um, part one or part two. But as we talk about walking in power over defeat, we have to know that God has given us all power and all authority. So he didn't give you some <laughs> some of the powers he said all he was all inclusive he said look I'm giving you all the power all the authority for anything the enemy can throw your way so we we can't afford to walk around in defeat over anything not over addiction not over um you know lack you you name whatever it is that's been trying to keep you down God is telling you today change your mindset from being a loser from being um, defeated to being victorious to knowing whose side you're on so just tell yourself am I on the winning side or am I on the losing side you know you're on the winning side right God has a spirit in you you know who you are and you know whose you are so don't sit down don't sit back and let uh, the enemy just trample over you based on things he's done in the past, right? He wants to bring your past back to you and make you think that because of what has happened to you in the past or what you may have done to others in the past, we know that God says that, hey, once you ask me for forgiveness, I take it, whatever you've done, 
and I cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. I love that song by Helen Bela about into the sea of forgetfulness. And so when the enemy tries to replay abuse or trauma, depression or anything you've done in your mind, I hope you remember that God has forgotten. So you're the only one remembering this, right? And so we don't want the past to keep us from the great things that God has in store for us. And he wants us to step higher. But how many of you know, when you try to climb higher with a bunch of load, you don't go anywhere or, or you go really, really slow or it's really, really painful. One of the two, right? And so we don't want to, to be sore when we get, you know, sore, meaning you don't want to be all broken up, all despondent when you get where you have to go. God is letting you know that, hey, you have all power. You have all authority. You don't have to stay where you are getting beat up by the enemy, you know, um, getting what, what, whatever might, might be going through. So many things are going through my mind right now that we may be going through, but only you know what you are going through. And so despite whatever, because God said all, whatever you may be going through today, God wants you to know that he has given you authority over all the powers of the enemy. And he says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. And so God's word is always interesting. It never matches um, what's going on in the physical. Because you may be saying, I'm hurting. And God's saying, nothing's going to hurt you. And so you have to decide which truth you believe. You either believe what you're feeling or you believe what God said. But you can't believe both. You cannot believe both. Even with Lazarus, when Lazarus died, Jesus told uh, Mary and Martha, uh, he said that um, uh, he's not sleeping. I'm sorry, he's not dead. He's just sleeping. And they looked at him like, I know Lazarus has been dead for three days. So how is Jesus going to come here and talk about Lazarus is just sleeping? And Jesus said, um, Lazarus is sleeping. He said the opposite of what people were seeing. So when we talk about walking in the supernatural and believing God for things, we have to understand that we have to trust what God says over what it is that we're seeing. And so we know the end of the story with Lazarus, right? So Jesus said, hey, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came. And then he told his sisters to you know unbind him and they got to see that hey even if something looks dead if God says it's alive that that's it period it's alive and so Jesus reminded them said he said you see if you had only believed me if you believe me I guarantee you you're going to see my glory you're going to see my greatness and um I have another podcast coming up where I'll be talking more about that to kind of inspire you about uh, believing God for for the impossible and for greatness. Uh, But for now, I just want us to remember that uh, despite what's going on around us, make sure that we are taking God's word over what we see. And so in Ephesians 2 is saying we are seated. So I want us to be able to see ourselves seated with Christ. And that means you are seeing yourself in a place of authority, in a place of power. And so just look, look at yourself. 
just know that you are powerful. You are powerful. Why? Because of the great one that's in you. And that's the part that people can't see. People can't see what's in you. And God wants people, people to know that he is in you. So that's why he wants to use you to do great things. Because then people are going to say, wow, that has to be God. Because they're going to know that cannot be Janice, right? 